Hey, good afternoon, everyone. My name is Todd Cochran. I want to welcome you to the new media show. We've got a great show lined up for you today. Uh, lots of uh, lots of stuff to talk about. So it's going to be, I'm sure we're going to go the full 90 minutes. I have no doubt. So strap in. we got a good show for you. Rob, good morning. Good it's not morning. It's afternoon. How are you, Rob? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going fine, Todd. Uh, yeah, we've got an exciting show here. We've got uh, Ronsley Vaz from the We Are Podcasts. Uh, kind of event, virtual podcasting event. It actually, it started out as a, as a real world event over the last couple of years, I, I, I believe for Rosalie, but, uh, you've kind of moved right. it into being a virtual event. Now it, it's at, we but Ronzi, it's great to have you on the show. Thanks. Uh, yeah, we've been going since 2015. We've started the same year as podcast movement, I think in Australia. Right. And, right. um, every year we've, uh, we've had some amazing friends or uh, gives you wings Todd. <laughs> it does, it does. <laughs> it's my it's my uh, official year, so, show drink <laughs> right. uh, Todd, my friends come, yeah. come from australia come from all over the world to australia to speak at, at we are podcast so this year it's been uh it's uh it's been six weeks in the pivot so it's always interesting so it's early in the morning there in Australia, and uh, you're uh, you're having the uh, same lockdown as we are. And I, of course, I've got some friends down in Australia. They're telling me about all, all everything that's going on there. So, what has been the pivot? What is your guys's what's what's going to happen with the conference then? So six weeks ago, we did, uh, I mean seven weeks ago when I closed at Pod, uh, uh, Podfest, I sent all the speakers to Brisbane and a, a video, and I said. Don't worry, everything's going to be fine. We're still going to go ahead. And a week later, <laughs> I had to retract everything. <laughs> um, so I decided if I, if I was going to retract everything, I was going to like um, have something for them to, to, to be at. So I pivoted. I moved the day by three weeks. So it's on the 21st, 22nd, and 23rd of May. Um, and I kind of decided that I didn't want it to be an online summit. Um, like what has been done before, I really wanted to solve the problem of doing a multi-speaker, multi-stream uh, event with high engagement, so replicating the in-person um, engagement. So <clears throat> having people register, having people, you know, if the speakers, uh, people want to talk to the speaker, we can say, you know, uh, uh, Jordan Harbinger is done, but if you want to talk to him, you can go outside, here's a link to a mm -hmm. different room so you can have a chat. So I'm trying to recreate everything from a real live event into the virtual world. So that's been keeping me busy for sure. Yeah, are you seeing that uh, it's it's kind of the way of the future more? I mean, I think that our, our real world events are still going to be with us once things start to kind of open up more again. But do you think that this is a fundamental shift that we're seeing that more and more events are going to be going this direction? And there's going to be fewer real world events. I think everything is going to change. I think everything we know and how we do business and how we value things are going to change. Uh, if I just take, for example, in a bigger picture, um, yeah, the U.S. is 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 very uh, vocal about how much money they spend on defense a year and how much of the GDP is spent on defense. But when something like this hit, what? Is the use of that kind of budget being put towards, right? You know that kind of that kind of like. Um, so I think everything we do and the way we see things is gonna we're gonna change. The values are gonna change. I mean, 
Um, <clears throat> I think there's going to be more feeling. I think people are more uh, connecting. With, it's, it's also really interesting. Yes, we've not had in-person connection, but I've had more Zoom connections with more people that I would have never spoken to as well in the last uh, while. And I've connected with family, and it's it's been quite an interesting uh, turn. But I do think everything is going to change. I think uh, being adaptable during this phase uh, is is probably the biggest skill I would suggest to people. So how are, I'm kind of curious, you know, you say you're trying to have the same feel of an event and a lot of us have been talking about that. How are you actually going to accomplish that technology-wise? Well, we're working with different platforms right now. It's still, we're still making things up as we go. So it's so new. Uh, I, I believe Zoom can have all that technology, but the, the, is, the issue is not necessarily with the video platform technology because there's different ones like this one. Uh, there are different ones where you can actually have the conversations. The issue is, I suppose, how to bring everyone together in a one in, in in comms. Like, how can, for example, I speak only to the speakers and give them uh, directions, or only to a certain attendee type, or to only to uh, the team? And the comms is the issue to say, well, here is where uh, session five off before the podcast stream is going to be and here's where you go to get it so just so that everyone's on the same page um and the different ways of doing it i suppose there's an old school way of doing it and saying here's the page that you got to remember the url every new update will be on the url there are different other apps i think hoover is another one uh it could be put onto discord or slack there's all these different ways but then I believe Zoom seems to be the most reliable at this stage from the research I've done. You know, the challenge that, um, you know, we've seen over the years in any of these virtual conferences is if you're going to have multi-tracks, it's almost forget it, you know, because it, you know, people are, you're not at the event, you're, you're, you're in different time zones. There's all kinds of craziness going on. and for me to say, okay, I'm going to go listen to this track, this track, and this track. It's just too much minutia and too much distraction of people. And there's, you know, where I'd go to a conference, I'm dedicated. I'm there eight, 10 hours. I'm focused. Yeah, I go it's about this. focus, right? Yeah, it's about focus. And the problem right. is on virtual, there's no focus. And even when I used to do 24 hour shows, we used to, I used to do one of those, sit in the seat for 24 hours and have someone new come in every 30 minutes. You'd have 20, 30, 40, 50 people wander in. 20, 30, 40, 50 warned out. So there was always this moving target depending on time zone and everything else. And it was fun to do it that way. But um, I can't even imagine trying to do a multi-track conference remotely at this point. It just, you end up with three people in a room and then people are like, well, wow, that's, you know. It depends. It depends on how how uh, the organizer goes around setting the frame, I suppose. So if you, the, right. the, the initial, there's only two, streams and it's about focus mm. it's before the podcast and after the podcast so if you don't have a podcast or you're thinking about a podcast or you're about to launch you're in stream one if you already have a show and you're thinking of either pivoting or growing or monetizing or whatever else then you're in stream two so it's quite simple uh and there's there's like seven times or seven sessions where there's keynotes so that people come together um <clears throat> i don't see that as too hard to be honest um i think that there's quite simple if the tracks for example were random 
And I think that, uh, like if there were like, you know, eight, 10, 12 tracks and, and then that quite hard to. Yeah. Um, being, being that you only got two tracks, it's a little bit more manageable. Right. Right. And, then, and so then the, really the challenge then becomes time zones, you know? Yeah. So, you know, cause I'm don't care at one o'clock in the morning, I'm, I'm done. You're, you're five o'clock in the morning, you're drinking coffee, you're just waking up. I'm 313, I'm wrapping up the end of my day. So the time zone issue is even yeah. here in the United States is tight enough, but you're having a conference down in Australia and usually we'd have mostly Australians down there except for the speakers. So maybe it's not an issue. Um, well, it gets back to also, Todd, what's live versus what's on demand too. I mean, the on-demand part of it kind of can bridge all those time zones. But uh, if it's live, I... I agree with you. I think it presents challenges around growing. It's just like with this show, you know, is our audience uh, as big in Australia right now as it is in the United States? It's not right. But but also for a conference though, on demand has, can't really be a model because how do you interact with an audience that may be asking questions? You know, I I don't know. I guess it depends on a session. If it's a, if it's a, if it's a, just a one person giving a presentation, well, maybe, Q and A is at the end and the host can be there. Right. I, you know, I, I don't know, but if it's a, if it's a panel it, it's, it's, yeah. it's curious. It's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how you guys do it. That's for sure. Well, but, and I think oh, Todd, I mean, there really hasn't been an emphasis on this no, up till now no. and, and, you know, some innovation and some new way of thinking about this process, uh, w- is really needed. And I think what R- R- Ronsley's trying to do here is trying to push the envelope on that. Let's see if we can find a model that can work with people on a global scale. Are you going to have yeah. a stream set up for like in the hall discussions so that people can go off and have those types? Cause that's what I go to conference for is, is as much the in hall discussions as the, and, and not necessarily with speakers, but fellow podcasters. Are you going to be working on that as well? Or So the conference uh, was created for the U S time zone. So it's actually one uh, thirty. Mm. 1.30 p.m. Pacific time to 9 p.m. Pacific time. So it's a it's a it's an afternoon conference, which makes it a morning conference from for Australia, which makes the dinner and the lunch times overlap. That's how we kind of set the time uh, for the event. Um, and it is live. I actually really really want to make it in. I want to make it engaging. So uh, the engagement is something that I'm super interested in. I'm not interested in right just creating the content because um, virtual events do that anyway. Online summits do that anyway. I'm, I'm actually after bringing the people together. Now it might not work. Uh, I've done a lot of things and tried a lot of things that have not worked. Um, <laughs> but I don't think I would have had the energy to do something that was just done before, I suppose, maybe. So uh, this is what we're trying. We'll see how, we'll see how we how, go. See how it goes. A yeah. And the bigger challenge is you're actually charging for this for Correct. a virtual conference. So Correct. how's that Correct. going? How's your sales going? Well, not as well as we thought it would, uh, to be honest. Like it's not like a normal event where people plan and yeah. you know they can't like uh have accommodation and flights and stuff to, to book pre uh pre event. So, you know, we're hoping that, but we wanted to make it different. I mean, it's not, the money is not necessarily about making money on the ticket. It's actually about the person valuing 
what's in front of them. And if we can't communicate that, then that's our problem. That's an issue that we are trying to solve actually on an everyday basis because it's so new. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's what we're tweaking every time is like, can they understand what we're trying to create when they get the message? Um, I'm not sure with what the question is, but um, <laughs> I forgot where my it's okay. was. <laughs> so is this going to be all um, mostly browser-based, or are you going to be working with any mobile apps with this as well? So we're still figuring out. I had a conversation with Hoover yesterday. This event will be. There's quite a few uh, mm-hmm. ones, and 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 there are some that are really interesting, like Hoover, for example, uh, can use Zoom on the inside so uh right. hoover is just is just the um the event management app which allows us to have everything in one place and then we still run the zoom rooms from behind uh which is actually what we're most comfortable with at this stage and what we've kind of um been practicing for breakout rooms and that kind of stuff so we'd prefer to use zoom at this stage and uh from what i see i've only seen hoover yesterday so it seems like that's that that might be the option i'm looking at your uh, speaker list i see a few americans on that list what's the breakup and a lot of these i have never folks i've never heard of so some of these folks out of australia too so yeah it's a mixture of like uh leading people within marketing business and podcasting and i wanted to make the event primarily for podcasters that were about brands and businesses they were looking mm-hmm. to sustain their podcast they were not looking for just a hobby show and uh, they were kind of serious about how to sustain their art and they wanted to make art so uh bringing these people together um has been quite amazing i think the, the lineup is something that i actually i, I built the event myself to be honest um <laughs> and uh, so some of them, so Daniel Priestley, for example, is from the UK. He's built a multi-million dollar business and runs the Dent podcast. Um, Dan Martell, SAS, uh, has got an amazing show. David Meltzer has got um, the playbook, which he uses to sign sports, um, big, like multi-million dollar clients, which is quite interesting. James Cridlin writes for Pod News. There's JJ one name Virgins. I know. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. JJ Virgin, uh, Jordan Harbinger. I'm sure you know more. Yeah, everybody knows um, Jordan. Yeah, I think I would say out. at least a third of them. I've I've seen their names in the podcasting space before. I mean, at least third to half of them. Yeah, and it's not. So, I, and, it, yeah. and you for me, it's like I know the face, have no idea what show or what they do. You know, so that sometimes you see the face, you don't know what their shows are about. But so that's interesting. So. You know, oftentimes now we're seeing podcasters are, you know, the the big question, and it's good that you're having a beginner track because that seems to be from at least the the, the latest conferences that I've been to have been the most full um, of the folks that are just getting started. And mm-hmm. um, the, the advanced tracks were the ones that I was actually kind of surprised there wasn't that many people because I think people that are, have been in the space long enough have probably heard just about everything they've ever wanted to hear about advance and the beginners are trying to suck up all that beginner information. So I'd be curious to see how your weight is on registrations and folks that are in the beginner track and those that are in the advanced track. 
Yeah, and and so it's also really interesting because we've got a mastermind ticket which is uh, just under a thousand dollars, and that ticket is being sold more for the advanced track. So there's more people who already have shows that are buying those tickets, which is fascinating. The word mastermind is a word that I have banished from my dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> so who's actually um, doing the well, mastermind? Um, course is that being done by yourself or is that being done by a certain group that is in the um, the the conference itself so even those are like longer sessions with like um, with different other speakers for example they're okay. doing an hour on uh, there's an hour on on writing your book for example mm. there's an hour on on being able to pitch I mean pitching is really interesting right as business owners or like as art creators or podcast creators, we get asked one question most often, what do mm -hmm. you do? And that's one question that we don't want to answer. So that's was a, was a really interesting, um, uh, session. So we're just putting sessions in there, which will actually benefit them as a group, as a mastermind. So the mastermind seems to be, uh, the established, um, podcaster business owners who are kind of going, well, um, I could benefit from being in a room with other podcaster business owners. Yeah. I don't know who. So is it going to go, go, go beyond just the day of the event itself? I mean, are those, those mastermind relationships going to extend beyond just those few days? So we've got at the back end of this, we are looking to create, we are members, which is, uh, um, uh, a membership, like a gym membership for business owner podcasters. Um, mm -hmm. And in there, uh, <clears throat> we give them a monthly tactic. Give, we have, um, you know, uh, the speakers are already in there and they're giving like an hour of their time a year. Uh, so we're creating that membership group, people who want to keep going. Um, we've been running this since 2015 and we've never actually sold anything at We Are Podcast. So this is the first time we're thinking like this could be a really good potential uh, revenue stream because the main revenue stream for me is my agency. Um, and this was just a fun thing I did. Awesome. We got about three minutes here before we've got to wrap up. Why don't you tell everyone? So again, the, the dates are May 21 through 23rd. So it's just 15 days away. And yep. So they can go to wearepodcast.com. That's and it redirects to a different site, but wearepodcast.com is the the place to go, right? Correct. Uh, you know, when you have six weeks to do it, tech yeah. doesn't always work in your favor. So uh, <laughs> we've um, we've patched whatever we could together and literally <laughs> got stuff up. Um, so yeah, wearepodcast.com will take you here. Um, it is basically. Uh, for people who want to interact with others um, and and build connections and and um, have a good time, and uh, All right. So, so I'm yeah. seeing yeah. Thank you for having me. you've got uh, some. Of, I'm assuming some of these folks here with the headlines are some of your keynote speakers: Jordan, David Meltzer, Melissa Amberanzi, Hal Hal Eldorad, JJ Virgin, Emily Fletcher, Dan Martell, Dan Fleischman. Are those your keynoters? Are keynote speakers some of them are, some of them yes. are yeah uh, but they're the most they're the ones with the most impressive resumes i suppose 
Gotcha. And it looks right. like you've got five, nine, like 40, 45 speakers over, over three days then. So are you going, is it basically, so again, it's going to be one, what time is the session or what time is the event from what time to what time? It's one thirty p.m. Pacific time, 9 p.m. Pacific time. So May 21, 22, and 23 is a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And uh, so I guess if you can get off work, um, that is, or maybe you aren't working. Um, Rob and I always tell folks that are holding conferences, do a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That way the people that are working uh, can take off Friday and then go to both Saturday and Sunday events. But it's kind of hard because you guys are in Australia, so... You're already yeah, a, day a day ahead. Yeah, you're a day so ahead. So it's, it's like right. you can't win one way or the other, can you? Right. Yeah, that's the right. challenge of the, the the time zones on a global basis. Yeah. Is that people are working in different days. Yeah. But, that's uh, for sure. So awesome. So what are you expecting then, tenants wise? Are you any numbers? Well, when we first started, we, we thought we'd get a thousand people, and that number has kept going down. So uh, <laughs> we are. Uh, hoping for the best uh to be honest you know there's there's a good chance that people might look at this whole thing and go this is a dumbass idea you know and and it's fine uh but i think that um i think was just looking at the ticket sales so far it seems it seems like it'll go ahead um so yeah Definitely need to get the word out. I didn't even know about the conference and I run Blueberry Podcasting. So this is news to me today. So yeah, need to get the word out for us so we can help spread the word for you. Well, that's what's great about, you know, Todd, having, having, you know, yeah. Ronsley on the show today. Yeah, absolutely. Right? To kind of get, the, get word the word out. I mean, I would love to see more virtual conferences succeed. You know, me too. I, I think we have to wonder, you know, in the bigger picture of things, um, what podcast movement's going to do, right? Uh, I mean, you start looking at what the prospects are of doing a, a large public event like that, um, where everybody gets together is a little bit, mm, a little bit iffy right now. So what could they do? Right. And yeah. this could be one way of finding out. How can they reach out to you? What's the, is there an email address they can contact you or Facebook or Twitter or yeah, I mean, Ronsley, I don't know what is another Ronsley. I don't think the world is ready for that. But um, Ronsley at wearepodcast.com okay. uh, or facebook.com slash Ronsley um, should get you to me. Well, we'll be definitely talking about your event. And sorry, we only had uh, 30 minutes or here to spend. Not even quite that, but uh, Google kind of, I think they're already bouncing on the door here. But uh, hey, thanks for Thank coming you. I on. Thank yeah, I thanks appreciate for, the effort. Yeah, thanks for waking up early too. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Ronsling. Good luck with the event. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, boys. All right, See sir. You. Take Bye. care. Okay. Bye. That well, sounds like a fun event. I'm going to have to sign up for it. Yeah. No, I think, you know, I would love to see an event like this be successful. I, I, I think it is pushing the envelope on uh, what's, what's possible here. We haven't really played around with this stuff as much as you know, I think some people have tried in the past. And I know that the, you know, that there's a lot of kind of pushback on, on these concepts as well uh, around, you know, skepticism about whether or not they can be successful or not. And w whether or not people have time in their day to fit in something like this with, you know, without really the focus that we typically can apply to a real world event. So I think it's a really interesting question 
And I think it's, it really depends on how it's done uh, and um, what the speakers are, what the marketing is behind it. You know, I think there, there's a lot of areas um, that you have to wonder. And I look at this type of event and I, I think, well, you know, if this proves to be something that makes some sense, I, I wonder if podcast movement um, may be considering something similar to this. And what that would do to their, their event, especially when they have, you know, 30 plus thousand people on their Facebook group. <laughs> hey, Rob, so, uh, Rob, yeah. Robin's with us now. So. Hey, Robin, right. uh, thank you for joining us. Um, our, our Robin is a product manager, uh, over at Google podcasts and he's, uh, he, he volunteered to jump on the line and. And join us to talk about his his big announcement um, that w- that came out uh, yesterday about the the Google Podcast Manager area. So, um, Robin, it's great to have you on the show. Thanks for for joining us. Thank you for um, thank you for having me. Um, Zach is about to join as well. Okay. Um, okay. And he'll he'll be able to speak to um, some of the. Um, new uh and and fun um google podcasts related um launches that we had um a month or two back so um, is he going to join you or how are you guys gonna is he going to call into he's the... going to join the skype yeah yeah they're both going to be on the same call todd all right so that should be interesting because yeah. i've never done that here with this so i'm so we'll see what happens <laughs> when do i have to invite zach to join the call or how does that work in skype no i think he's going to join him in the room there right is that right or not no or two two separate callers coming in robin is that what you're looking for yeah two separate callers oh okay so we may have to i mean we may have to drop you and just bring zach in separately so so we'll see on that oh there's zach and we lost robin Right, right. So, is there a way that we can combine those into one conference? I don't. I've call? never, I've never brought two people into Skype at once. So it's we've always only brought one in at a time. So well, I, I know. Yeah, I know it supports it though, Todd. It's just a matter of doing it somehow. So. Yeah, Zach. Uh, maybe you can help. <laughs> Sorry, but uh, we've never done two people at once on Skype on the same call. So. Interesting. Oh, um, are we on the air? Yeah, we are. On the call? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because we'll, if we're going to do a demo on the iPhone app, then that'll also involve bringing me in again. Right. Right. Yeah, I think we're trying to get it, get it set up here. All right. It should, it. Oh, there it goes. We go split screen. Oh, oh, great. You go. <laughs> oh this is, Hey, we, we just broke ground here. I've never, we've never done that here on the show before. So, uh, teaching old dogs, new tricks. So I can actually even bring you both up on the screen. Uh, huh. Let me see if I can, there we go. I can bring you up front and center. Now you guys will just see yourself, but they, everyone can see both of you, but okay. So we got, right. the, we got Google team in the house. <laughs> <laughs> Exciting, exciting stuff, guys, what you launched yesterday. Uh, matter of fact, my team has been going over it and I've got some questions for you later, but, uh, let's, let's talk, talk about the, you know, what you guys have brought to market and the announcement. Yeah. Um, well, sure. So 
I'll yeah, I was just um, yeah, I was just going to say that uh, Zach Renault Whedon has joined us also. So yeah, sorry. Yeah. Hey there, Robin. I think there's a little echo. I'm not sure if it. I'll I'll go ahead and I I doubt it's for me because I have headphones. But if someone's got a live speaker, uh, I was hearing some echo. Oh, you were okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, if no one else hears it, uh, it's fine. Yeah, we're not hearing it on this end for sure. Right. Right. All right. Um, great. So I'll, I'll well, quickly give you guys a bit of an intro of, of, of podcast, Google Podcast Manager and how, how we got to where we were, how we are. Um, so firstly, we know that people are listening to podcasts differently now in more places um, than ever before. Um, when we started building out our first product, Podcasters, we thought that giving podcasters an insight into evolving um, listening habits was really important. Uh, and that actually helped us prioritize what we were building. And then Rob, I, I think I actually met you at Podcast Movement um, last year, um, yep. and we met lots of podcasters there. Um, and they, a lot of them, wanted to be um, wanted to basically make it easier to manage their content on Google. Um, they didn't know which feeds Google used. They um, really wanted to understand how listeners on Google products engage with their content. Um, so the plan was for this for Podcast Manager was basically make it easier for them to submit, verify their podcast was on Google and get a window into their audience behavior. That's um, great. And this is like the first, first step more to come. Um, we have a team that's really focused on giving publishers um, more control over their content. The two big themes are kind of making sure, um, helping them connect them with their listeners um, and helping publishers um, get more of a control um, and um, actually grow their their businesses because we know it's a diff difficult time for everyone right now. Hey Todd, can you pull up the new Google Manager? Yeah, I'm trying to do so. Um, and going, I'm trying to go to the main site, but it just as soon as I log, when I I'm trying to show the homepage, but it's bringing me in to see the. Maybe I got to bring up an incognito window. I was if just, you do slash about, that would probably work. Best. Okay. So podcastmanager.google.com. There we go. About. That's what and, it is. Okay. Yeah, I think he's going to have it up on the screen, and then you can yeah talk talk your way through it. Um, yeah. So um, we're really we're really focused on. Um, allowing podcasters to get to know their audience better. Um, we have um, some really useful an analytics. Um, firstly, um, you can you can like now submit your new shows on on Podcast um, Manager, and you can claim and verify your ownership. So um, you can also reach out to Google if you think the feed that we're serving is the wrong one. We have a, a whole um, form where where you can reach out to us. You can see the number of plays of your show per episode, uh, the number of minutes played, um, as well as um, when a new episode is launched. Um, I think one of the coolest things that we have in this launch, which is which is different than um, pretty much all the analytics folks out there, is is a device breakdown. Um, if you just scroll a bit, well, I could show you the new media shows yeah. page. But yeah, go ahead. Um, this really speaks to the emerging behavior that I mentioned before. Um, and we're seeing these interesting trends right now uh, while lots of people are in shelter in place. Um, 
there like obviously um people now are listening on at home um they're they're they're, they're listening on like their laptop they're listening on their smart speakers uh which is a very different um different behavior um that you can actually right. track on on podcast manager um oh. so for the new media show i can see um you have a lot of phone listening um yeah 100 um, <laughs> percent. yeah exactly um maybe that might change um you can actually change go on the um go on the date picker if you go up you can see how it um has changed like maybe over the past year or like 90 days so we um you because you're you've just um claimed and verified your show we, we you don't have as much data as you would in the future oh. um but you can see uh how as it progresses um so just a quick view on 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 the screen uh it shows you the number of plays minutes played and per episode um it also shows you the percentage percentage of average played so you can see whether um each episode is like listeners are getting through each episode and when you click on that there's an actual audience retention so um the coolest thing is here i i think is like when you see sharp drop you can actually like click on the line if you click on the line oh and um the podcast show actually plays yeah so it you does. can identify what did what did you say uh that made people leave um, tune out yep yeah Right. Exactly. What's interesting here is I did some A B comparison between the stats that from our IB certified stats and what you guys collect and the number is not even close. So I'm kind of concerned about that. So it just makes it you know, it, it did bring in we were already kind of talking about that already. So I, I understand though that this is probably is this only tracking the Apple I mean the Google excuse me, the Google Podcast app and but again, you're saying you're also tracking tablet, desktop, smart speakers, and others. So I would have expected that there would have been Chrome plays in there too. Yeah, so it's any play through um, the Google pod Podcast Player. So that would mean um, the podcast app, of course, as well as when you ask your um, assistant, your Google Assistant, um, to play a podcast, we track that as well. All right. So definitely not. So, you know, this show has, I won't talk about the other apps per se, but this show has a pretty good following on a couple of other apps. So we really have to, when we're going to look down in the stats, then we really need to look down deep and look at specifically the Google podcast app and Chrome and the smart speaker and any Android tablets that are because this is, you know, this is again, and I don't want to do Apple's Apple's comparison. This is kind of the challenge we have, even with um, the other big eight hundred pound gorilla, is that we only see, for example, their app. We don't see everything, so it, it just it's going to give us that that snapshot of stuff that you guys specifically can track, and not necessarily what the other apps are doing. So, we, just so the audience is clear. Yeah. So, and also, yeah, I wanted to mention too about the phone category because. That can be listening in the uh, iOS or Android app, right? As well as a browser, right? So, are you guys planning on breaking that out between those two? Yeah, that's such a, that's actually a great question. Um, nothing that is is right. Like we haven't um, 
we haven't launched it of course uh, nothing to announce sure. right now but sure. you can see that could be if, if that's useful for podcasters and if that's like a requested right. um yeah. feature of course something okay. that we can work on so what's the typical data set range that, that a podcaster is usually looking at when they see these numbers? Is it when you submitted your podcast to them uh, or they submitted it to you guys? or at what? I mean, if you guys have had it for a long time, have you guys been capturing data and it's just a matter of migrating more data into the, the tool? Or is where is, the, you know, where is that cutoff point? So we will give you um, a certain amount of, history before mm-hmm. you verify we'll give you i think it's 28 days of, of listening data um so okay. when you're and we noticed this with other analytics tools like some analytics tools don't give you any historical data right um, and i found that really annoying when i um like signed up to these analytics tools especially if that if your like show is already out there so i i prioritize the fact that like hey we want to make sure an experience like we have a good experience on days on day zero um, for podcasters, um, and we have the, the like the tool is useful straight away. Um, well, one thing I will say though that is really, really remarkable here, and it's something I tell podcasters all the time: be careful what you wish for when it comes to data, <laughs> because yeah. even this show. Let's let's take this uh, episode number three sixty seven, right? And we look at this show and its audience retention. And, you know, we were real good up to about eight minutes, nine minutes. I better have my advertising in, in nine minutes because I lose 20 or 10% at 12 minutes. I lose another, you know, up to 40% loss by, you know, 40 minutes in. And then I've lost uh, 60% of the audience by an hour, 12 in. So when I, t- when podcasters um, have been really wanting this information, which to me, this is like the Holy grail of data, you know, I always right. tell them, Hey, you better, better, you know, and again, I understand I can go to this point here and say, okay, why did I lose people? Why did well, I, and, and Todd, if you go back to the, was it the 16 minute mark? Right. W- what was that spike right there that jumped it back up? Yeah. So, someone, you know, what, <laughs> what, what, you know, what happened? So, you know, it's, it's the, the devil's in the details, but these are the kind of details that, you know, if someone gets some significant traction on, on Google, they're going to really be able to make, very intelligent, very intelligent decisions on their show. You know, and yeah, but Todd, it could just be just duration. It doesn't, I mean, it's hard to really know if it's content, right? You know, I go back to the history I have with looking at the data we, we braid have in our stats where we were actually looking at where people punch out when they're they're actively listening because, you know, the media is being chunked out and I can look at the log files at Blueberry and I can see where someone punched. And again, it's already cached ahead a little bit, so it's not a complete accurate look. It's, it's kind of, it's, it's this, it's a poor man's version of this is what I have at Blueberry because I don't have the client side data. But again, you can make decision marks. If you, you know, if your audience drops off at 45 minutes and drops like a rock, well, there's something in your show that you did at 45 minutes to cause that audience to leave. I think podcasters are going to be able to make very valuable is they grow the data. They're going to be able to make very valuable decisions on their content and what pissed somebody off or where they lost them or whatever reason caused someone to quit listening. This is, there's, there's, there's nothing like this. Apple gives it to you in a certain, but no one's giving it to you like this. 
but Todd, what you're actually looking there is, is people's, um, starting and stopping a progressive download playback experience, right? No, Mainly, no. Is that true? Well, are you guys, now that's a question. Are you guys looking at the ones that have subscribed and downloaded? Or are you only looking at those that have actively hit play? It's, it's people who have specifically played the podcast. So it's, 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 it's streams. Yeah. It's, it's not, um, it's not offline, uh, download data, but we, of course, like we, we have, so it's, it's someone who's actively listening to the podcast. Right. Robin, that just to clarify, that still counts download. Like yes, if I download and then so. I listen, it would be counted. But if I download and I never listen, it would not. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Okay. So if, yeah, if makes sense. so if they've downloaded and played, you're still covering it here. Exactly. Oh. Really? That's awesome. Great job, guys. Uh, bravo. <laughs> bravo. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm yeah. serious. And and that that right. It, it if if so I, I okay. Everyone listening. We've been telling you for the last five years or more, if you are not promoting subscribing to a, your show on an Android device, you're, you're screwing yourself, you know, because you're leaving half this, half the world out, you know, and now you got this valuable data, you know, listen to my show on Google podcast. App. Listen to my All show right. on Google podcast. App. I'm not going to be promoting overcast or pocket cast or any of those other apps i'm gonna say right. listen to my show on google podcast app because what what am i gonna get i'm getting You're this gonna get great i'm getting this. great data out of it great I'm, data I'm, out of I'm, it right it, and it's like right right this is and it, being able to listen to average played all that info you know and you know again man this is really good guys it really really is yeah thanks we're, we're just focused on making sure that we can help you make the best content out there. So, so let's, let's talk a little bit more about other areas of the tool too. So you can submit yeah. a podcast through this tool too, correct? And what's that yeah. process? Exactly. So you can, there's no review process. Of course, we, the way that the Google podcast works is, is we crawl an index. Um, so um if 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 your show is a brand new show and, and it's not hasn't appeared on Google Podcast, um we will we will kind of detect that and we will submit um the show to our kind of feeds pipeline. Um and um hopefully it will appear in um in a couple of days um directly um through the tool. Um and we'll like you, you will see whether it that it is actually live either by going directly to the podcast app or the podcast manager, where you'll actually start seeing your data. So here's a, some feedback I got from. Let me go find this here real quick. Oh my god, I had this already up in Slack. Um. So what we found already, and this is our testing. So we're finding that people that have more than one podcast on a website, as an example, this show has two podcasts as an audio podcast and a video podcast there. Um, and we published that on this show combined. Uh, and again, I know you guys are focused on audio here, 
But as an example, if you look at, uh, you know, this show, we've got an audio version and a podcast version. These are true. They have RSS feeds assigned to both. And there is true media connected to the RSS feed. So when I went and tried to claim the, um, the video version of this, it said, oh, we, we don't recognize that. Um, we only recognize the, the basically, we're, we're thinking your video version is the audio version. And we've seen other people that have had um, two different separate shows on websites where one is on a specific category. Let's say it's a, they're using category podcasting and there's two feeds for two separate shows that they're having challenges in submitting um, multiple show, basically multiple shows from a single episode. So I, I think, you know, we've found a few quirks and we'd like to submit some of these to you guys to look at. So what, what's going to be the best way for us to say, Hey, we, we've seen something weird going on here. How, how do we get help in having you guys look at that? So great question. And I know that, um, some of these, there's, there's quite a lot of complications for podcasters out there, uh, especially with feeds. Um, we we actually um, like you can actually reach out to us with a form. Um, I I can I can ping this to you and you can share it in the show notes. Um, if you think the feed that we're serving is the wrong one, um, and we have like a pretty detailed help center which can kind of walk you through the process. Um, so yeah, we're we're here to help. We're here to take on future. Sure, sure. So does this mean that uh, those that have video podcast feeds shouldn't uh, even try and submit because you guys aren't recognizing those, or are you guys intending on supporting the video podcast feeds? So um, if there's an audio version, I, I would recommend them to kind of submit and claim the audio version. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, because it basically when I entered the the video feed here, it saw it, it knew about it, but it said, "Oh, we're." It made it gave me a little note and said, "Hey, we're we're using this instead," which pointed towards the audio feed. So I was impressed that it was intelligent enough to say, "Oh yeah, we know you got this, but here's the point towards the audio feed." Right. So, um, and I did like to ask the other option too is I can add people, Rob. I can add you to our account, and you can look at the Google stats with me. So it's not limited to just one person. Yeah, no, that's great. So what is your kind of submissions process? What, what does a podcaster have to go through to get a feed added? I saw that there's like a verification code that has to be added. Are you going to send an email follow up when it's been added? What's kind of that process? Yeah. So when you, uh, when you go through the flow, you type in your RSS feed, um, and we kind of share with you a preview of the RSS feed, um, basically show you the cover art, the number of mm-hmm. like the first 10 episodes or so, make sure that this is the feed that you're actually, or you're wanting to claim. And then, um, we did, we, from the RSS feed, we, um, we show the, um, kind of iTunes email owner, um, like the email in the RSS feed. And we send an email um, to that um, email address, um, sharing the verification, sharing a verification code, and then you just plug in um, a six-digit number, I think it is, um, and um, claim, ver- claim, I can actually, claim that feed. I can actually show yeah. it on here, this, and so that 
if, if people haven't seen it, this is a, the feed I've got in here is uh, one of my shows as part of my team, but it, I don't own this show. So I'm just going to show this because I, so basically you enter the feed, Rob, for a yeah. new or existing show here. And seeing yep. that this one is existing, you just click next. And it comes up and it shows you the, the album art title description. And they've got information here on guidelines if you have edits on how to make changes so that if something doesn't look right, you can change your settings with your podcasting provider. And then there's next steps. So the email address is, it, this is the email address that's in the RSS feed. And it says down here, the owner of this email address will see your podcast manager email address. So basically, if I try to send this code, it'll send the code, but it's going to send this over to Kirk. Kirk's going to get it and he'll have to send me the code back in order to be added to this list. Mm -hmm. um, Kirk can right. go through this process himself. And if he's, I'm logged in right now with in, in Google under my G geek news at gmail.com address. So I was in it with Todd at blueberry.com for a while. And of course it said, Hey, you know, it didn't match, but as soon as I logged into my Google account and it matched the feed, address it basically allowed me to claim it instantly because it because exactly. we were linked to it knew that i was geeknews at gmail.com they knew my feed had geeknews at gmail.com so it just it instantly but because i in this instance if i click this it's going to send a code to this address and he'll have to send me the code to let me have access to this right. this listing and he should yeah, go that's through a good that's a good security measure right right, right. yeah and I can add you also manly once the show is listed. So don't want to steal the thunder here, but this is, is this is really well thought out in my opinion. And yeah. how, and how uh, this one thing, uh, one thing also that stands out here is, you know, Google has had tools like this in the past uh, for webmasters yep. and people who are tracking the performance of their website on Google search. And so, um, the team that developed this also included the same team that uh, has built and managed those tools. So a lot of the smarts that you see there is actually being able to stand on the shoulders of infrastructure that previously existed and with the folks who themselves built it. So certainly when I use the product as well, I noticed uh, from Robin and the whole team that there was a lot of collaboration uh, with other tools in search and for webmasters. So I wanted to have access last night, Rob, to Podcast Insiders thing. And I, I, I went through the same thing and I told Mike, I sent you the code and Mike forgot about it. So I, that's basically, it's still awaiting in my manager to be able to, to claim that show. So as he mm -hmm. sends me the code over, I may, I don't know if it times out, but he'll send me, if he sends me the code from the email he got, then I can claim it and not necessarily claim it, but be added on, uh, to a listing. So. But if you don't, mm -hmm. it's just going to sit there in perpetuity and not let you have access. So, yeah, I wanted to also ask, um, how far back, I mean, how many episodes are you guys uh, following in a particular feed? Is there a limit to that or, or is that going to be expanding over time? There, there's no, there's no limit. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. All right. So that there, there lies the question. Okay, you guys just put me in a bad spot. So, <laughs> totally intended, Todd. 
No, it's well, here's 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 the deal. Okay, so yeah. the cat's out of the bag. So a right. podcaster now can have a thousand episodes in his feed. Right. Well, they've okay. always been able to do that. Though. Okay, but this causes mayhem because w- what's going to happen is is Google's going to be able to take a thousand episodes. I'm all for it. All right. I'm great. We can have a thousand. There's why this 299 limit was ever put in place. Well, we know why, because the feed takes forever to load and the overhead on the websites. And, um, right. you know, if you, if you're running on a 299, uh, dream host account and that feed is three megs large with a thousand episodes in it, and it's hit a thousand times in an hour, um, they're going to run into problems. And <clears throat> So maybe yeah. it helps to explain a little bit about how Google Podcasts works from an indexing yeah. perspective. Um, so the MP3 files are streamed directly from the host. So you get mm-hmm. all the stats, not only in uh, Google Podcast Manager for Google Podcast properties, but also from your hosting provider across all the properties that people might listen on. But mm-hmm. the RSS feed itself uh, will be packed. So if you have... 10,000 episodes. It's not like everyone's cell phone is downloading 10,000 episodes. It's uh, all sort of proxied through Google, and we can uh, paginate as needed so that only certain parts of the feed are loading for people who are only looking at those parts of the feed. Um, and I think that we're not the only ones who do that. There are other apps that also mm-hmm. cache uh, so that things are more efficient uh, on the consumer side. So you're going to, so that what you're really telling me there, for those that don't understand, what was just said is they're not going to grab your old feed. They're going to grab the top header of it and look for the new episodes and then add that to your cache. You're not going to go load the whole feed again. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not sure I would like commit to exactly okay. how the technology is going to work, but the, the idea of 10,000 people at once all hitting the feed is something that we can avoid. All right. Right. Well, and, and Todd, they're also pulling that metadata so they can use it for the index too. I, I so. understand that. Yeah. So the, so the bigger question is, um, uh, can I flush, given, can I flush yeah. that cash? Well, and I know that you guys are also doing some transcription stuff. Is there going to be any surfacing? And I know maybe this is a future looking question here and you can answer it or not, but do you foresee yourself showing transcription data in these, uh, these accounts as well? So the, I guess there are, kind of three reasons to be really excited about podcast manager i think um one is just the ability to manage your feed uh right. in terms of how it exists on google podcast and sort of to submit new feeds all that stuff another is right. to see analytics when uh, new things come out a new episode comes out see how it performs uh, dig into the data as you guys demonstrated maybe to a deeper degree in some cases than you could otherwise uh, but the reason that makes me really excited as someone thinking about the podcast app and the consumer experience is now there's actually a relationship between Google Podcasts and podcasts. And so there's a place that people can go to uh, manage their presence on Google Podcasts and also get information that's not just analytics. So when you talk about the transcript, that's one, I know the last time we saw each other in person was at Podcast Movement last summer. And we were talking about that very Mm -hmm. question, like, wouldn't it be great to actually get your transcript back as a podcaster um, at the at the lowest level, just have access to it so you can share it out as you want or control its dissemination. But 
uh, even at a higher level in the future, being able to edit that transcript right. and uh, correct it so that you're actually uh, saving money because Google's doing maybe most of the legwork for you, but also having the accuracy that you might get with uh, human created transcription that takes a long time. Right. So, yeah. can, going back to a question, can they flush the cache, do a refresh? Because what podcasters are going to do, this is the ticket I'm going to get. Blueberry, my podcast is not updated on Google, even though we're doing we sub pub and we're doing all these things to, you know, try to hit you to let you know that there's a new episode out. But they're gonna still going to email them and they're saying, my update. And when Apple does that, I can say, go over to Apple and refresh or purge or what. And actually, Apple does not recommend people do that a lot, but people still do. They go over there and they, they purge. Is there a way to trigger a refresh? Because podcasters are very impatient. And when their episode number 402 is out and they're waiting three hours, and even though people are subscribed and seeing it in the app right away, they go and look and search and they say, oh, if only 402 is found in oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And they freak out and they send me an email and say, I hate you, fix this. So, Todd, are you talking about the episode refresh? Or are yeah, you talking episode, about like uh, series level metadata refresh? I'm talking about well, both. Everything. You know, new album everything. art, okay. refresh right. the episode. Um, right. You know, what? how is that handled or is it or planned? So uh, within our system, the most common action for a podcast is to release a new episode. And that's the one that, happens the fast usually uh but we do have like internal guarantees about trying to make sure that all the other refreshes happen too such as a metadata update like you said um as you just mentioned that's not going to stop people from thinking that it should happen <laughs> faster in certain cases yeah. or from maybe uh having a really good reason that it should have happened faster uh and so i don't think we offer anything like this right now but um uh, being able to trigger like a reindex or uh, maybe when someone goes to Podcast Manager, they can say, I have a new episode that's not showing yet. Uh, it is an interesting idea. There's nothing in the product like that today, but it's, it's something that I feel like uh, we would think about adding adding to the to the list of things we want to get done. But isn't it just, is, I'm just going to talk from a hosting provider standpoint. We implemented, we sub PubHub so that we could, that basically almost, we almost see an instant update on Google when we do that. So. Is that a is that a primary good trigger for you guys? Yeah, my yeah. understanding is that that would lead things to be near instant. Um, you know, sometimes even when things are near instant, once in a while they're not. Right. And it's nice to have the ability to sort of pull to refresh. Um, mm -hmm. And so, I'm mm -hmm. just saying that it's possible that in addition to the near instant experience that's provided almost every single time, there it could be nice to have sort of an escape. Uh, a pressure release valve for, for folks who, um, you know, want to refresh it themselves. So I, I don't necessarily, you know, for those of you that are hosting competitors, you know, if you want to help your podcasters out, you know, I shouldn't tell you this, but you already heard it. You need to have that, that we sub pub done now, yesterday. <laughs> so does your, um, yeah, we sub pub pub. Yeah. Yeah. Does your system learn uh, based on the cadence of the history of the publishing to, 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 to prioritize your scanning of uh, new items? Yeah. So uh, uh, popularity would be an example of a signal that gets taken into account. If uh, right. the most popular podcasts will be, uh, or the ones that come out more frequently, uh, it would make sense to 
update those more often. Mm. So, so if I publish it 9 p.m. Monday and Thursday night, do you guys learn that I publish it Monday and Thursday at 9 p.m.? I don't think that specific signal is incorporated, uh, but it would make sense to incorporate something like that to know when to look for updates based on uh, history. Right now, uh, for new episodes, we don't get a lot of complaints about the speed of refresh. Uh, And so Mm. the area that we're focused a bit more on right now, just looking at the next three to six months, is when a new feed comes out. You know, Robin, you said earlier that, you know, we we try to guarantee that it'll be live within a week. We think it's oftentimes more like a couple of days. Uh, but personally, uh, our opinion is that it should be ready like right then or that same day when you publish a new feed. So if I had yeah. to say like where our attention is right now, I would say that it's on when a new feed comes out. But I would love to have the problem three months from now where no one actually thinks that that's bad anymore. And so we can really focus on uh, being smarter about when new episodes come out. So just for clarity also, is there a feed size limit you guys are looking at or do you even care? Uh, I think it would be a great problem to have if people are making so many episodes that we have to think about the feed size limit. See. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, there's, there's, two, there's two sides to that, but you're doing the caching. So that's going right. to, yeah, that's going to help a lot. I, I would just ask Robin, when you guys go back and talk to the technical team, if the guy has a thousand episodes in his feed, please only take the last five to do the pagination to update your cache. If you can do that, if you load that full thousand episodes, every time you hit that feed, I'm going to get killed by tech support. <laughs> I'm not sure, like, uh, no offense, Todd, but do you offer the ability to do a partial request on an RSS feed? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> I don't even say I'm a, not a techie. I'm just, yeah, but, I'm, I'm just well, the Todd, guy. <laughs> Todd, you have the ability to limit the amount. I mean, the, the content creator can limit the amount yeah, well, of episodes we, that we, are available. Yeah, in we've, the set RSS it, feed. we've set it right. to 299 or whatever the Apple right. number is. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think uh, just like looking at images and videos and some of the things that people are serving up these days, uh, I would not be worried about an RSS feed. It's like a, a pretty compressed uh, way of. But, but now, but now that the word on this is on the street that you guys will list all one thousand episodes, that's going to be my that'll end up being my number one ticket for the next six months. <laughs> okay. okay, I'm sorry about that, but I'm not quite as sorry as Todd. I Todd, Todd you have to be a podcaster for like ten years to hit that level, right? Well, so there's like a lot of them. <laughs> the Daily yeah, Show. Look at, look at look at. <laughs> But still, when that feed gets to a certain size, you know, what we've done is, uh, I don't need to talk about it, but we, we've actually compressed the amount of data beyond like the first 20 and not, we don't have the full meta stack for people that want to keep the size of that file down. But anyway, it's no it. here, no there. Uh, yeah. Is there any uh, <laughs> limit that you guys have on the size of cover art graphics um, in, in any kind of preferred formatted? I mean, obviously probably JPEG and PNG, but it... Are you guys trying to limit the size of artwork at all? Uh, I mean, the name of our company is Google. Um, <laughs> so you don't but, care. Uh, okay. I guess uh, maybe there is. We've never encountered anyone running okay. up against it. The only thing that I've encountered that I counsel people on is make the cover art square. Um, right. Because otherwise it, it can get, uh, you know, we do like an aspect fill is usually the, the way that we'll resize it. And, 
it's not square, then it uh, it might not appear quite as you intend. So we, we have lots of people listening to this show from uh, the other side of the fence over at that company in Cupertino. Do you guys uh, really have any any comments or feedback to them while you're on the show? <laughs> I'm stirring the pot here. Just tell me no. Boy, you are stirring the pot, Sean. Uh, Come on. You're definitely stirring the pot. Uh, I mean, the only we I know I know a lot of the folks, uh, Steve Wilson and uh, Lauren and that whole team, and we we are all at a bunch of the conferences when you know when we're able right, to be there sure. in person. Totally. And totally, uh, I think that the relationship that we have is really productive. You know, in terms of how Apple have been pioneers in the podcasting yeah. industry, uh, you know, just some of the progress that they've helped spearhead. And uh, I think one thing that we're really thankful for is that allowed us and forced us to approach the problem with the through the lens of how can Google be really helpful. Yep. And so uh, Android is an example of how we felt Google could be really helpful. Uh, integration with search and assistant are areas where we thought Google could be really helpful. And I think that focus uh, is owed in part to uh, the groundwork that was laid by Apple and some of the other old school podcasters, including yourself, um, you know, and that you continue to do that Apple continues to do to this day. So I guess our, our, our overwhelming feeling is one of gratitude to Apple and also all the other people and companies that uh, kind of got involved uh, even before we did. You know, Zach, maybe that's a good segue here because um, you know, you guys have did a, you know, great job getting the Google podcast app out. And I think this will come as no surprise to you. Many of us will wish that, and I know it's a whole, it's a whole big deal to get a podcast app as default on loaded as OEM build. Um, any, can you say anything about that? Will we ever potentially see the podcast app as part of the OEM build for Android? What I would say is that it's not as simple as it might be on iPhone, for example. So, uh, you know, when you get an iPhone, all the different iPhones come with the same apps. Whereas right. if you get an Android phone, uh, it's a competitive and diverse ecosystem mm -hmm. of manufacturers. And so um, you might get different apps on your Samsung, from your uh, Motorola, from your LG, from your Sony, from your Pixel phone. Uh, and so in each case, uh, you know, we're trying to make the Google Podcast product as good an app as possible. Uh, and we've had a lot of interest from manufacturers in terms of uh, pre-installing the icon. Uh, and then also the experience itself is built into uh, Assistant and Search. Um, and so it's it's something that we've always thought of as part of Search. Uh, and so we make that experience available for all 2 billion plus Android users around the world. And uh, you know, as a result of uh, manufacturers thinking that it's a good experience to preload. We've had a lot of interest, but it's not going to be something where it goes from 0% to 100% on a given day. It's going to be uh, this year, maybe 1% of new Android phones, maybe next year, 3%, maybe the year after it's five, um, or, or maybe numbers much bigger than that. But uh, it's, it's not something that we can say, like, uh, because there's a diverse ecosystem out there. And so we're just one player in it. And I understand that, and I understand the complexities of the licensing agreements and the preloading and all that. So, you know, we don't have to get at, get to that in this show. You've alluded to it already, but can podcasters and podcast listeners help that process by asking their phone manufacturer, please include this on a preload? Is Does those types of activities help, or is it more annoyance with the phone manufacturers? Or will they even listen? Everything helps when it comes to being enthusiastic. 
Uh, one thing that podcasters have been really receptive of is uh, having the Google Podcast badge on their website, sharing the link to Google Podcasts, uh, letting users uh, see that it's a one click uh, from being able to listen to the podcast, subscribe to that show on any Android device in a native experience with all the features that you've come to expect. So that's been the most powerful thing for us has just been seeing how podcasters and also hosting companies like Libsyn and Blueberry have rallied around, uh, including Google Podcasts as an option for uh, people who want to listen. Um, and if you happen to work at a, at a phone manufacturer or, uh, you know, want to put in a good word, that's fine. That's not something that I've uh, advocated or seen tried before, but uh, if, you know, whatever, whatever your creativity what makes you want to do. So being that you guys are, and I know you, we want to demo the app, but being that you guys are doing a transcript now and there's potential good things coming from that in the future. And I know that at least the last time I talked to you, that the hope would be that sometimes we're going to be able to talk about the Google podcast manager. We're talking about Google podcast manager in this show. Someone's going to go on google.com and search for Google podcast manager and potentially find a segment in this show as part of a search result. Can you talk about where that is in the equal sphere of, of development or what podcasters can expect? Yeah, I wouldn't say that that particular journey that you just described is very inspiring to us. Oh. And I think we've seen it uh, be inspiring across the industry as well. I wouldn't say to expect anything like right now. Uh, there's not a timeline that I can share, uh, but it's definitely something that we see ourselves sort of rowing toward. Um, and so a lot of these intermediate steps, improving search quality, uh, getting topical podcast searches out the door, which we launched last summer so that you can search um, for, let's say, podcasts about Kevin Durant, the uh, podcast uh, that's about Kevin Durant. That That feature is something that, um, you know, takes us one step further to what you described. And so I think, you know, the more we see engagement with that, the more we feel like we've reached each milestone of quality, uh, the closer we get to being able to do what you just said, where you're actually uh, finding a specific point in the podcast. Um, but the one thing I would just caveat there is that uh, because podcasts are often produced with the narrative in mind, starting from the beginning, uh, it's something where... Um, for that particular thing of jumping to the segment where we talk about something, uh, it would probably be something where we want publishers to uh, actually say, uh, yes, it's cool if you do this with my podcast. And mm -hmm. so uh, once again, it's the reason why I'm excited that we have Podcast Manager and that relationship with creators uh, for the first time so that we can make it as easy as possible for creators to control how their podcast is distributed. You know, you, yeah. So, yeah. So they could actually go in and set those those segments in the the tools that you guys provide too, right? That could be done by the content creator. Um, That's, hey, yeah. I'm, uh, exactly. Robin. I wanted to just make sure if there's any other functions in the in the Google Podcast Manager that we haven't talked about yet that you wanted to put out there. Yeah, a couple of like really really. In like important basic functions that I think are important, like uh, like the user management, um, like that you can add collaborators. You can also add like different roles of permissions, like viewers. Um, so there's the icon you go up a bit slightly uh, with that person icon. Yeah, oh. so you can add 
different viewers. You can add editors, admins. Um, that's that's pretty useful. We we saw that as a very um, like a demanded, like a requested, heavily requested feature from our like early access program. Beautiful. Um, another another thing is um, the feed. So if you click the RSS icon, you can actually see the feed that's being said by by Google. And this is useful because um, like you might have loads of feed um, and that and like or maybe the feed that you wanted that you initially claimed has, has now changed, right? You've changed hosting providers potentially and you want to um, add the feed to, to the show. Um, so you can you can see potentially you might have like a list of feeds and Google can show you the ones which serve, one which is served. Um, and the other feature that you actually um, were sharing beforehand, the hamburger, like three dot menu, you can actually um, download this as a CSV. Um, Okay. And like I know, I know that's like a, a pretty useful feature when, especially when there's tons of different dashboards out there for your analytics, um, and Google Google Podcast Manager is one of them. Um, when so yeah, when? that I think the the other thing I just want to call out is um, we we've been to build Podcast Manager. We we worked with a bunch of um, different podcasters, hosting providers out there to give us um, lots of feedback. Um, so I want to um, call out um, a bunch of folks and actually, um, I don't think we would be in a good a state as we are without the help and the feedback that the ecosystem has given us. Um, so, so thank you very much. Can you talk about uh, really quick um, why we've heard that the, there's over 2 million podcast feeds in Google Podcasts, but the other largest um, Directory just has a little over a million. Uh, do you guys have a sense on what's going on there? Yeah, Zach, do you want to take that? Sure, yeah, we have some sense. Um, I think the internet is a really big place, and there are a lot of uh, reasons around the world why someone might publish a podcast, but not necessarily distribute it to every directory. Um, right. So uh, it could be as simple as you know, the, the local radio station that publishes a podcast, but doesn't necessarily like uh, care that much about its distribution beyond what it's able to reach terrestrially. And so that's something that we might find uh, on the web, but wouldn't necessarily be submitted to some of the other directories. Uh, and then I think internationally uh, as well, there are a lot of examples. Um, mm -hmm. there, there are probably some also that would qualify as like, you know, not as active anymore. Uh, and so I usually take this stat with a grain of salt in terms of whether it's 1 million or 2 million. It's really about is the stuff you're looking for there. And so in most mm -hmm. cases, I think folks who want it to be distributed broadly are able to do that. Um, and then there are some cases where I found uh, content um, like the local radio example uh, on Google Podcasts that uh, hasn't necessarily been available elsewhere. Is it possible that uh, part part of the duplication could be a, a, a feed that's HTTPS versus HTTP, or have you guys kind of kind of windowed that out? Uh, no, there are a lot more than two million uh, feeds out there. Okay, um, but right. after we deduplicate, which would definitely include you know merging HTTP and HTTPS, it, there's actually a lot more duplication than just the URL scheme. Uh, right. But after we've done that. It, it comes out to still being above 2 million. Okay. Gotcha. Interesting. 
Oh my goodness. So, so we want to want to move on and talk about the iOS app. I think there's Zach? like 15 more questions I could ask on this, but we definitely want to oh, give Zach time yeah. to, to show us what we ha- what, what they've got going on here, what's new. Oh, and before we start on that, Zach, I mean, if, if, if we could talk a little bit uh, before you show this, is there a delta in technology between the, the um, Android version of this and the iOS version? Are both native now, or is one a little different than the other? And that might be a clue in the direction that you guys are going with the apps. Uh, so the Android app is still built into Google Search, Google Assistant, um, right. but it's a native technology. It uses all the native features to download, uh, store offline, do push notifications, all those things that you could imagine. Um, and uh, on iOS, it's the same. It's a native app. There, In terms of the feature list, it's nearly identical, um, and it's... Uh, as close as we can get to identical. Once in a while, you have something where something is easier on one platform for some reason, and it might make it out a few weeks earlier. To give you one example, uh, we've supported Android Auto um, on Android for a while now, uh, and our iOS launch uh, doesn't have CarPlay, but our next release will have CarPlay. Um, so very soon in the next few weeks, we'll be releasing Google Podcasts for iOS with CarPlay. And so that's an example where there's a lag of a couple weeks, here or there, um, but all in all, the the they have feature parity. I had a bunch of my devs ask me, "Is it? Did you guys do the iOS app, or did you do the base and Flutter, or what? How did you guys? Can you reveal that on how you did the base code?" Uh, I wish not. we could have done the base and Flutter. Um, <laughs> it, it's really cool to have those cross-platform frameworks, and I use them a lot in my personal projects, like when I'm just messing around because it saves a lot of time. Uh, when you want to in- integrate something with Google Search, Google Assistant, uh, and to the level of depth that we have and to the benefit that we've been able to provide for users as a result, uh, it's very hard uh, because the Flutter team uh, isn't necessarily thinking about that specific use case, right. nor should they be. So for us, uh, stuff tends to be a bit more custom, but then on the iOS side, there are lots of Google-wide framework that we're taking advantage of. So we try to use stuff off the shelf inside Google when we can. And then uh, oftentimes we aren't able to because of the specific needs of our team. What? I, I was begged to ask that nerdy question. So thanks for indulging me. <laughs> I appreciate the nerdy question. <laughs> do we want to switch to the, have Zach show yeah. off? Uh, yeah. So uh, what I'll do is I'll join the call from my iPhone and then I'll broadcast my screen to the meeting. And hopefully that will just work. Maybe if you can pin it up uh, for folks to see. Does that work? Yeah, we'll, yeah. See, we'll see how it goes here. Yeah, I should, yeah, I could do it here too. So, all right, we're going to leave you singles. Oh, what happened, Zach? I think we lost you. Yeah, he was switching to screen mode. So here it comes. So he's sharing screen. Yeah, so I don't, I don't think that uh, we can hear him though. That's the thing. Can you hear me now? Yeah, we can hear you yeah. now. Yep. Okay. Uh, I think my audio is coming through the phone now. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yep. And you see my screen. I can see yes. it's uh, definitely doesn't show the app, but I, it looks like I'm seeing your screen. Oh, there we go. There we go. Yep. We're good. Okay. Uh, I think. 
we should just go with this. Okay. I'm not sure exactly what's showing and what's not, but yeah. um, should we just should we go forward yeah. with the demo? You can yeah. see the screen yeah. and hear my voice. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all good. Okay, great. So I'll launch Google Podcasts, and here you can see the experience of a completely new user, or almost completely new. Uh, this is my friend's at Couscous, and uh, Couscous has generally allowed me to use her account for this demo. Um, if you don't have any subscriptions, uh, what you'll see is a prompt to go over to what we call the Explore tab. And so I'll go tap in there. And here you can see personalized recommendations. Now, as you use the app, the recommendations will become more personalized to your listening history. But at first, it's personalized primarily toward your Google interests. So I can see here um, some podcasts to stay informed about the global COVID-19 pandemic, uh, as well as personalized episode recommendations for Couscous uh, and other shows as well. Uh, let's say that I go in and I check out this show and it looks good and so I subscribe. I can turn on uh, auto download notifications, new episode notifications, etc. And then uh, maybe I'll also subscribe to LifeKit, which I can do uh, via that shortcut. Then if I go back to the homepage, uh, what I'll see is that my feed is starting to fill out. And so I'm getting uh, episodes from the podcast that I've subscribed to. I might want to queue a couple up, and then I'll go see them uh, over at the end of my queue uh, down here at the bottom. Um, so now I'm going to show you, that's like kind of the experience for a new user, which I think a lot of listeners might be. Uh, but over time, uh, we want the app to improve as you continue to use it. And so we kind of view it through these lenses of uh, when you first start using it, and then when you get a little bit uh, more experience. So I'm going to go ahead and change into uh, my account uh, that I use for work. And um, here what you can see is I have a ton of subscriptions here. Um, I also have uh, episodes from a much more varied array of uh, different shows. I'm going to go ahead and turn on, I meant to do this earlier, but since I'm a power user now, we'll sort of segment it visually with dark mode. Um, and if you go over to activity, uh, I can see that I have a queue of episodes that I'd like to listen to, uh, downloads, some of which are auto-downloaded when new stuff comes out. We also launched Listen History across Android and iOS. Now you can see uh, I was listening to the feed from Libsyn. Uh, and then uh, my subscriptions. Uh, if I want to go ahead and find a new episode, what you can see now is that the podcasts are personalized for a profile that has a much deeper listening history. Um, and I can even go ahead and search. Uh, let's do new media show. Uh, and then I can subscribe. So are you guys doing any cross-referencing uh, with a user's uh, search history at all around keywords at all? Or is it yeah, purely so listening? In the case of Couscous, uh, the first user that we tested with, uh, there wasn't a listening history. Um, okay. Or it was, it was very light. And so the interests across Google uh, and web activity would help inform uh, some of those recommendations. Ah, okay. That's cool. Um, I think that's all. Oh, one final thing to show you guys. Uh, so there are a lot of different categories that you can go to uh, to see recommendations that are a little more specific. And then finally, if I go into settings, you know, if you just, for whatever reason, don't want personalized recommendations, 
uh, you can turn that off. And then what I'll see is uh, kind of just recommendations that are not personalized to me. Um, I, I personally do like having them uh, to be personalized. So then uh, you can see it's back to the personalized recommendations here. Um, just to for people who haven't seen the app at all yet, uh, this is kind of the full screen player view uh, where I have insight into my queue. I can um, reorder stuff here uh, as well as set a sleep timer or change the playback speed. Some people like to listen a little bit faster. Uh, I can also turn on trim silence. So, you know, I think people who have been following the app has seen kind of this march of progress when it comes to adding some of these features um, uh, over time. And so, uh, some of these, uh, for example, the queue are actually new within the last month. Um, so that's kind of like a, a basic uh, outline of the app. Um, the the launch itself, I'll I'll probably exit uh, present mode now, and then maybe talk about a little bit of the launch itself. Or did you have any questions uh, on the app before I do that? I don't think I've got any. Did you? Have yeah, I have one. Yeah, I have one. Is there any kind of human edited editorial areas in the app where, where you guys select uh, or some team at Google selects what's featured and promoted like on the the kind of uh, uh, listing area or the directory area? Is there anything like that or is it all algorithmic um, based on personalization? Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, up until about a month ago, all algorithmic. And we've we've always been open to the idea of uh, doing some curation. We think there are a lot of examples where it can help. For example, if a new podcast comes out where there might not be that many signals yet, or mm -hmm. if there's a particular big moment for a podcast. Uh, but we wanted to make sure that we could do it in a way that we felt was helpful, not just develop podcasting markets, but actually scaled around the world because a lot of the emerging podcast markets like India or Brazil, Brazil actually, uh, maybe I wouldn't even call it emerging anymore. Um, you know, you yeah. want to make sure that you're yeah, providing a great experience <laughs> to all the, all the folks that are coming online and listening to podcasts for the first time. And so I think we're finally in a place as an organization where we can start to think about it from that perspective and also use the learnings uh, to feed back into our automated and scaled systems. And so the first example of that is actually this uh, stay informed about COVID-19 carousel, as well as the uh, staying mindful carousel, um, which okay. we've uh, basically put, you know, for the past couple of weeks uh, at the top of the uh, For You tab. Um, but over time, depending on how many times people see it or how they interact with it, uh, that would also uh, potentially be replaced by uh, algorithmic recommendations or continue to stay at the top if it's useful for people. Um, and the the content of these carousels does update uh, on a regular basis. I'm not sure if it's daily or weekly um, with a lot of overlap, but some new content being incorporated as well. Awesome. Yeah. So does your, um, your directory categorization, does it vary from um, others in the podcasting space? Uh, I mean, did you guys create your own categorization? So for now, uh, the, I think these are pretty standard. Um, okay. And use the same tags that you might see elsewhere. Uh, yes. But you can imagine over time, as we understand what podcasts are about from a topical perspective, having mm -hmm. the ability to uh, actually become a little bit more fine-grained and a little bit more personalized with these category names. 
please let us know in advance if you decide to do that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And again, are you guys lo- looking at, at uh, any kind of new namespace stuff at all coming in the RSS? I think he alluded to it, but didn't say it, Rob. Did oh, okay. Got it. Uh, there, there's okay. nothing to announce. I think you could interpret my statement in, in two ways. One would be what you described as like RSS, and another would be in terms of uh, understanding the topic of different podcasts. Mm. So, um, for example, uh, if I go into this episode of Breakfast Club, you can see that uh, there are certain topics that you can search on Google here. Um, so, for example, mm-hmm. uh, this is about, uh, it looks like <clears throat> Michael Jordan's children. And so uh, maybe I'm like curious to uh, see a bit more. And it's very easy here to actually uh, go into a Google for a particular topic that appeared in a podcast. And so if I had a strong interest in uh, Jeffrey Jordan, it's possible you could imagine actually being recommended podcasts relevant to that specific topic uh, from here. Okay. Awesome. Do you also foresee, you know, like hosts and guests uh, listings as well as part of a podcast? I think that's a really good idea. It's something that, uh, you know, as we think about editorial curation as well, um, you know, we want to also give voice to publishers, publishing network, and uh, potentially make it easier for someone like Box to have some control over uh, the presence in the app. Um, And so, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, for example, uh, if if you have a particular interest in a person, that's uh, similar to the demo that I just did with Jeffrey Jordan. Um, Mm -hmm. That would be a great example of of something that we could use too. Right. Yeah. Well, Todd, do you have any more questions for him? I mean, is there anything else... Zach, that you wanted to cover in the app um, that that maybe we we haven't covered yet. Um, no, I think I think that's good. If if people have further questions, uh, you know, they can they can follow up with you or reach out um, to us. I know we we have. Uh, I mean, I'm available on like Twitter, and we get a lot of product suggestions through that. I think maybe I'll maybe we'll rejoin from video and talk a little bit about the motivation behind uh, launching the iOS app, doing the redesign on Android. Um, Does that sound good? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I'll Skype here. Oops. We lost him. Yeah, he'll be back. (laughs) We lost Robin complete. Oh, yeah. Robin's back. Okay. Ah, awesome. All right. Both of you guys are back. Did that work? Okay. It, it did. Yeah. I think it, it was kind of, I've not used that function of Skype before, so it, we, we got lucky and worked our way through it. Um, Robin, don't forget to send me, if you can, that link to how to give you some feedback because I got some guys chomping in the bit in chat room. <laughs> so it's just a few, a few things. There was one question, Zach, before we get into the strategy. Um, are podcasters, should they still um, run the feed in the header? Um, now that's how you guys are primarily detecting a show is through uh, some metadata that we put in the header for the feed. Is that still the, should we still continue to do that? 
Yeah, uh, definitely. That's a great signal so that we understand the website that the podcast is associated with. And you can probably imagine Google uh, is able to understand pretty well websites and the way they link to each other. Um, and so having that information connected to a podcast through the bi-directional link is uh, still super helpful. The challenge that we're probably running into is when, again, going back to people having two or three shows on one website, if we can work with you guys to make you understand that maybe a category page will have a different header or meta tag than a, the primary site. We'll, we'll talk to you about that via email. So yeah. Exactly. And then also yeah, we do one last quick, having, quick uh, specific oh. pages for each podcast. Yeah. And then one question too is um, if a podcaster wants to update their, their RSS feed or substitute out like a new one. So let's say they change host. Now granted they could always do a 301 redirect. But is there anything that you guys are thinking about uh, being able to physically cut and paste to, to replace? I don't think anything uh, in mind that would add to that question. Okay. All right, cool. Okay. Let's go ahead and talk about your strategy. Yeah, so um, I, I, maybe some people have heard already, but for, for folks who aren't aware, we launched Google Podcasts uh, as an Android app. Uh, for the first time in the summer of 2018 and have improved that app over the past couple of years, uh, past year and a half about uh, just by adding features like some of the ones that I mentioned, Sleep Timer, Trim Silence, Web Player, uh, all these things. Uh, and one thing that we noticed throughout was that most of the folks who uh, were having a great experience in the app uh, were actually people who uh, were pretty familiar with podcasts. Uh, but most of the users of the app more generally were subscribing still to five or fewer uh, podcasts. And we wanted to make it as easy as possible to discover new content and also to fulfill our vision of introducing people around the world to podcasting and make it as friendly as possible for someone who's just getting started, trying to bridge that uh, gap of where you start when you don't know what to listen to and getting to a point where you have 10, 20 subscriptions or in my case, as you all just saw, you know, hundreds, um, or not hundreds, but over 100. And so uh, making that as easy as possible, we wanted to redesign it around discovery and give ourselves a lot of surfaces in the app for users to discover new content. And so uh, we started with that and with uh, having a tab dedicated for uh, dis podcast discovery and exploration, and also bringing episodes uh, to be a little bit more front and center. Uh, so that folks who are not as familiar with diving right into a show that they already know uh, can actually see the content up front. Uh, and so that timing of the redesign uh, also coincided with the timing of uh, being able to build out an iOS app, which is something that you might not expect from us. Um, and honestly, if it were just an iOS app, it probably wouldn't have been a priority for us. The reason that it's a priority for us is because one of our product pillars is to be available everywhere. And so if you have a Google Home, but an iPhone, we don't want to make it so that you have to listen uh, you know, to a different thing on your Google Home than you do on your iPhone. We want to provide an experience where your progress is synced everywhere. And so uh, we ended up being able to prioritize the experience on iPhone, uh, but just kind of leapfrogging straight to the uh, second version of the app. Uh, that we launched in March. And so uh, that's kind of why you saw a lot of features come out at once, whereas usually we have 
a bit more of an incremental approach, a bit more open in terms of our software development process. Uh, but because we were getting a lot of things out the door at the same time, um, it saved time to actually just skip forward to the design that we'd been thinking about for a while. You know, I was excited when you guys introduced the iOS app. Um, I, I really was. I was excited to see that happen and uh, kind of laughed a little bit internally because I thought, okay, Apple, uh, you're up next. So it was, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but I think it, I, I just, you know, I just, you know, we're, we're here to, to, to help move the process along more options for everybody. But I think that uh, I, I was really, really excited to see it. And uh, you know, I think that it's, it just shows that you guys are really putting the, you know, putting the pedal to the metal when it comes to, you know, I, I've said for a long time here that you guys are moving steadily forward and that you've got a plan and that, um, you know, the, the 800 pound gorilla, which is google.com is, is in some people's best friend. And I, I'll be honest with you. I'm, I can't be more happy personally. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I think, uh, hosting providers and also podcasters uh, was another reason that the iOS app is important. Um, you know, we don't want the like folks making a podcast to have to think about, oh, if you're on this device, go here. If you're on that device, go there. So uh, we found that when it comes to uh, folks trying it out who have iPhones and also make podcasts and also uh, linking to their podcast on various platforms, it's nice that they don't have to write logic it says, oh, uh, only on these platforms do you want to go listen on Google Podcasts. Right. Um, so being universal is is definitely one of our goals. Um, I covered most of the questions that were on Facebook. I got a couple that are on YouTube Live. Um, someone asked, and again, I, this goes back to something we talked about earlier in the conversation. They said, hey, Todd, will we ask if Google will be bringing a con ID, content ID process into their podcasting platform or other content standard like the who authoritative sources restrictions that may be a bigger question than you guys can answer i don't i don't yeah. even know how to address that question um so the oh sorry go ahead rob go i mean i mean if you want to continue on that todd go ahead that was the question that was asked in chat i'm not even sure i don't understand it yeah basically i think i don't know that much about content id process so Again, uh, I don't, Zach, do you so, guys have any answer to that? Yeah. Could I, be a, I, like I, watermarking or anything like that. Is that kind of what it's referring to? So content ID is a system that uh, is used on services like YouTube that helps uh, understand when there might be copy, copyright infringement. Right. And uh, that's uh, something that I think um, benefits from YouTube actually hosting content. Uh, and so... Uh, we don't have anything to announce at this time when it comes to content ID on Google Podcasts or uh, for anything in search. And I, I wouldn't be the expert on it. Um, mm. So it's something that you'd have to follow up on separately. But uh, it's a good question in terms of uh, like copyright. We do have uh, articles on the Help Center and how to uh, issue a takedown request if you notice that there is copyright infringement across search, including. Google Podcasts, and so uh, you know our our policy and our approach right now is consistent with the rest of search, and that's uh, we we don't have plans to change that. Yeah, and Rob, that goes back to even us when it comes to takedown requests and stuff like that. Some right. of that flows through. 
Right. Um, so, go ahead. So, search is another area. Uh, has there been anything new that's been done in the search um, aspect on the podcast experience? Uh, a lot. Um, most of the stuff is ranking improvement. So if you mm-hmm. search for a podcast, you'll sort of just, it'll start to feel more like what you've come to expect over the past uh, 22 mm-hmm. years from Google of just kind of feeling um, like, like it knows exactly what you're looking for. Um, and so to give you one example, we have a launch rolling out this month that, uh, that helps use the opinion of the web to understand when you're doing a categorical search. So uh, a good example of a query would be if you did top road trip podcast. That's a a search that in the past would be uh, very likely to show you podcasts that have the word road trip in them, and now might show you podcasts that are actually good for a road trip. And I think the body of information that Google has uh, in terms of uh, what's available around the web and what people are actually blogging about and compiling lists about uh, is one input to that algorithm that's super helpful. Oh, look at there. Yeah, that's awesome. I I would expect this query to work a lot better um, a a month or two from now. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Uh, I I think like once in a while we have something that feels big enough that we'll uh, message it. uh, But Hopefully it'll be something that people actually proactively notice just kind of like feels better and better. And um, the one thing I will say is that the improvements that you see on search uh, is the same system that we use in the app. So you'll see the improvements there as well. And, uh, you know, since Google podcast is part of search, we benefit from uh, being able to have those improvements show everywhere. Something I say to podcasters all the time is that I record for my audience, but I write my show notes for Google. Um, We're going to go beyond that at some point where right now Google's main emphasis is looking at the page, the page authority, you know, all that stuff that goes into SEO and all the stupid black hat stuff people try to do. But um, really at some point here, you're going to be able to take the content, the raw content and be able to set some sort of authority to that as well. Um, that to me is very, very exciting. And, you know, being, well, it's all about context, right? Right, It's all about context, context, themes, uh, subjects, you know, all all things are important too, but is there any, you know, is there, I mean, how far away are you guys away from, from really driving that point home? Uh, it's, it's hard to say. And I think it depends on exactly your context, you know, Right. Uh, if you rewind 20 years, there were probably countless situations where Google, even as the number one search engine, still wasn't really meeting your needs. And now those examples, uh, certainly when you're uh, searching on Google for uh, articles or people or some of the other things that are very commonly searched for, it feels like those those situations where it fails to meet the need are very few and far between. And what we're focused on is really setting up our team to be able to make progress the same way Google as a whole has over the past couple of decades. So uh, our investment that we have right now is in um, metrics across the app and across search in order to better understand uh, what's working and what's not and make it easy for, uh, let's say, a single engineer to uh, jump in, make a change, see if it works, and then go from there. The 
the change that we just looked at when it comes to road tripping podcast uh, was a great example of that. It was a team of a couple engineers from uh, a sister team to ours in CERT was like, we have this technology. Um, we, we just used it to actually improve queries for universities. Like if you did a search for top colleges um, and we think it could apply to podcasts and uh, it was very promising and ended up leading to a lot of wins uh, in the experiment that we ran. And so uh, we, we decided to launch it. So getting podcasts to feel like uh, you know on equal footing with all the different other things that people search for uh, can really be an accelerant for us in Google because as you can imagine, the organization is set up to uh, build good search products. You know, and, and going to that, Rob, you know, in the, a year ago, I was, you know, like on my knees praying that, that Google would add an audio tab to the Google search results and, and Just not, not be needed, you know, it's not needed, you know, it, right. it, it great. It's videos there, news, shopping images. I don't think we'll ever get a place on the Google tab as audio only. Yeah. I can still hope, but I don't think at this point based upon mobile utilization and doing searches on mobile and doing, because when I'm on my mobile phone, if I'm, if I need to search for an image, I just say image in the search and it shows me the images. So I, I think that, uh, uh, we got, you know, that wanting that audio tab on the Google search resorts is, <laughs> is, you know, it was, it was a good, a good wish, but based on what they've done so far, discovery is, 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 increasing for those that are searching for content well it, that audio um tab at the top used to be on google like 10 or 10 or 15 years ago or i'm, I'm not sure how far back but it but it, it was there and it got pulled down um guys i wanted to ask you about two kind of lingering areas in your platform and one is google music podcasts and then also <laughs> FeedBurner. if you guys wanted to talk about those two topics at all if you can so Robin, you want to talk about FeedBurner and then I'll talk about uh, yeah. Google Play Music? Yeah. Um, so should I, I, I can go first on FeedBurner. Um, so FeedBurner is a super interesting product um, that podcasters, um, publishers, and um, bloggers use. Um, I've been looking um, at the podcasting use case and we, we ran a research study on um, and spoke to a bunch of um, uh, podcasters about it. Um, we're still investigating and we're, we're still in the process where we're, we're thinking about, okay, what, 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 what should we do next with FeedBurner? Um, if you have any feedback or comments or, uh, or thoughts around FeedBurner, <laughs> please let me know. Um, and I'm, I'm happy to take them uh, and take them to the team. Uh, but it's, for us, I think it's uh, it's it's actually a, a pretty interesting pro uh, product because it's um, it's very much based on the, of course, like the RSS feed world, and it's pretty. What we've seen is is still pretty integral for podcasters, but for some podcasters, and um, it's something that like as we built Podcast Manager, um, we're trying to think about how we can um, provide value to the ecosystem and. Maybe in um, something, something's there uh, in FeedBurner, um, but we're, we're, we're looking into it. So, Robin, I just have to plug podcastmirror.com. Definitely check it out. <laughs> we own it. I'm just, it, it, full disclosure, <laughs> it's a, it's a FeedBurner replacement. Uh, happy to sell it to Google. Um, no, uh, you know, feed, 
Hey, you just got to do what you got to do, right? Got oh, the man on the line. I, I no, know, no, I, but we did, you know, someone had, someone from the Google group had come into podcast uh, movements page and asked a question about feed burner and the response almost wholeheartedly was kill it. So, <laughs> uh, so there'd be millions of people impacted by that. Well, I'm sure, no, I so. guess I understand, but, um, yeah. All jokingly aside, uh, FeedBurner was a, a big craw in a lot of our sites for a long time because it was slow. It wasn't updating. It, it was my number one tech support ticket thing for probably five years straight. And then enough people moved off. It, it didn't become that issue anymore. So yeah, I'd love to talk to you about FeedBurner if you ever decide to invest some time in it. But it, it can be it can be its own ugly animal at a, 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 to a certain extent, but yeah, we can talk offline about it sometime. I mean, yeah. it doesn't um, have to be if I, it's worked on I, and improved. I, 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 I think. <laughs> Sorry, Rob, uh, I missed that. He said, it, it, he said, it, go ahead, Rob, say what you, cause you stepped oh, on I it. just, yeah, I just think that the feed burner can, can certainly be improved and updated and things like that. And it probably won't have a lot of those issues. Yeah. Right. So, someone in the chat said, kill it or update it. Either one. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I think that's fair. Um, we, we've noticed that um, lots of people still use it, um, yeah. which is incredible given that um, I don't think there's been much active work on it for, for quite a while. Oh, 10 years um, plus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like the fact that it's still, it's still being actively used means something. Um, and we want to make sure that it is, it becomes valuable. And like, as you mentioned, like at, at this state is, um, it's troubling that, um, when there are, there's going to see whether, um, we can make a, a decision on, um, on what to do with it soon. Rob, we've held right. these guys way over time. So. No, I know we have. Um, what <laughs> okay. was, what was your last question, Rob, that you. Oh, were- yeah, it was to Zach about the Google Play Music podcast platform. Yeah, probably a good good question to conclude on. Uh, it's been awesome, Rob and Todd, uh, joining yeah, you for this you. today and uh, hearing also from you, Robin, about Podcast Manager. Um, the uh, The short answer is that there's nothing new to announce today when it comes to uh, Google Play Music podcast and Google Podcast. Um, yeah, so I mean, we we've talked before about uh, you know the investments that we're making in Google Podcasts, but uh, we don't have anything to tell you right now when it comes to like the the future of the two products. Okay, uh, I think we you probably know our request. Just remove podcasts from Google Play Music. So I think they pretty much are to a certain extent already, but. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> I guess we'll have to get back to you on that, but thanks for the request. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what it is, is you guys already know it's, it's, it's kind of, you guys have invested a huge amount of time and resources in building, bu- building something beautiful and hundred percent functional. On and right. yeah. yeah, we don't, you know what, I'll just tell you what we're going to do at Blueberry. We're going to remove the link to Google play music. It's, it's not going to be as a destination anymore. So, matter of fact, I think it's already gone. We just want people to use Google Podcasts uh, from a podcast standpoint. This is where you guys have invested the money. This is where we're going to, you know, help podcasters make a decision on, you know, distribution point. 
Yeah, I think um, one thing that I would just say uh, in all seriousness is that, you know, it it doesn't always appear this way from the outside, but uh, internally for the past, you know, probably even even more than the past four years, we've had very active relationship with Google Play Music. Uh, There are folks who rely on that to listen to podcasts. And so um, Mm. we've tried to take a user-centric approach and do what's best for users. And there have been times where that's confusing on the publisher side, on the hosting provider side. And so uh, we understand that. And what I can say is that we're working very closely with not only the Google Play Music team, also YouTube, YouTube music teams. And uh, just we have active conversations and we try to balance the needs of users who are relying on a given product with uh, publishers, uh, hosting providers, all those different constituents. And so uh, that's something that I think we've made a lot of progress on um, in the next, in the last six months or so. And so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm at least happy to report that, you know, your feedback, uh, you know, makes it into those discussions that we have and everyone's kind of aware of the different sentiments from the different folks out there. So, uh, you know, I think I think in the end, that communication uh, is definitely going to be good for us uh, as a company and for the individual products involved in the long term. Yeah, I mean, my thoughts on it is that, that you know, the more places where we can have listening happen, I, I think is the point. Uh, and there's certainly nothing wrong with having podcasts in the Google Play Music platform. I think what the issue is on the content creator side of publishing where where do those shows get submitted right is it into google podcasts if the audio is available in google play um music podcasts that's great you know that's just another place to listen it's where the content uh creators have that relationship i i think it's far more important in this discussion and if you bridge that then good you know so right yeah right all right, fellas. Hey, I know we've, we've kept you 30 minutes longer. Yes. I, I definitely appreciate and apologize for going on time. I know your time is very valuable, but uh, uh, thank yeah, you. Thank both. you so yeah. much, guys. Thank you both for coming on. We, we definitely appreciate it. And, and this, this is going to get, this will be a blowout listening from the audience standpoint. So thank you so much. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, Todd. Thanks, Rob. Always a pleasure. All right, guys. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, guys. and come on anytime. Anytime, yeah. <laughs> All right. Take care. We'll be back. Okay. <laughs> All right. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to have to go back and listen to this episode again myself. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of nuggets there. We covered a lot of ground. Yes, we did. about it. Yes, yeah. we did. So what is yeah, that? I, so what did everyone think of that? What is that? What? What's the comments in the Facebook stream? We got people on Facebook. We got people on YouTube. Everyone's I'll watching bet. today. Well, I said a couple, couple of weeks ago that this was going to be a big announcement, and I think it, uh, I think it turned out to be yeah, I pretty think good so size. Too. And I, a lot going on there. But, uh, Rob, we need to promote. I, I kind of looked at that number for our show, and I was like, Whoa, we don't have many people listening on Google Podcasts. And I go to the stats, I'm like, yeah, they're on Overcast or on Pocket Cast. They're, you know, so them having well, being late to the party, right? Though I think I heard uh, somebody say on online, I can't recall where, and maybe I shouldn't say it, but I heard that the Google Podcast is now considered the number one listening platform on Android now mm, for podcasts. No, don't know about that. Don't know about that yet. I thought I heard that somewhere. Of course, we just got the 
you know, we got the updated, uh, we'll see how it does on iOS. We have to start looking. I, I guess I need to dig in deeper, but I, I don't think so. You don't think so yet? No, no, it, I don't think so. It should get there soon. It should. It should get there very fast. And I do like the, you know, I do like Zach's answer on the OEM situation where the, that's the key. That's the holy grail to get the Apple podcast, excuse me, Google podcast app as a preloaded, you know, the icon on the, on the uh, phone. People don't, they get their phones, they add some apps, but you know, if it's on there already, what is this? Well, Todd, you know, you have to realize that there is a possibility that these OEMs may be building their own podcast listening platforms. that's, That's cool too, but you know, they're day late and a dollar short. You could just load the Google podcast one and be done with it. But yeah, time will tell. Mm-hmm. Don't they be just, surprised if you don't start seeing that happen. Well, if it does, that's great because we're going to have mm-hmm. then pre a preloaded app is better than no preloaded app at all. Right. But as long as it's got a good listening experience and the, the, the OEM has done a good job of marketing it, making it available. If it's a default app on their Android experience and you know, and I apologize. Maybe that's a good thing. And apologize. I didn't get to all the questions. I know there's a bunch of questions on YouTube. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, so all over the place for those of you that, um, that were asking questions. So, um, but man, oh man, what a show. Holy crap. Yeah. So got a connection to be able to send them kind of our, our the little things we found already. And we'll know pretty quick how effective this is because they, the listeners, I mean, the podcasters don't contact Google. They're going to contact us, but there right. is, for those of you listening, there is a very cool function on the, on the, um, on that, uh, submission process. You can actually say, Hey, this is the wrong feed for my show. You can tell them when you're claiming your show, you look at that, make sure that they're pulling the right feed. Cause they're, if they're using a different feed, they're going to tell you. And here's the problem right. for some of you, they're going to, some of you are going to run into challenges, especially those of you that are on Anchor. If you don't have your email address, you're not going to be able to claim your show. Anchor will have to claim your show for you. Right. So. Yeah, you better. I mean, there's a lot of platforms, uh, hosting platforms that'll put a default email address into your right. RSS feed. And it's not yours. So you need to get in and, and put your, put an active email address in there. Yeah. I mean, I mean, even if it takes going and creating like a new Yahoo account or something, and then, but you need to check that account on a regular basis. Gmail gives the uh, email accounts away every day, but you it, don't right. just create a new, use a real account. I don't right. get, I've been using geeknews at gmail.com for years. I don't get spam because of that in my feed, but right. it's, it's got to be yeah, an email. I don't get spam for all that it's, either. It's got to right. be an email address you check every day. It's, you know, and, and right. some of you don't check email every day. It's got to be an email address you check every day. Well, and this is important for more and more platforms. Um, cause you know, it's important for Spotify. It's important now for Google. It's important for Apple too. So, you know, all right. Got to get that done. Yeah. Let's, let's get out of here. It's, it's, it's five o'clock. It's, it's beer 30 here almost. <laughs> <laughs> well it's a was it a two-hour show for it's us? a two-hour show already so yes right. i hope you guys enjoyed and it. you saw what happened to our uh our 
are listening on the Google oh podcast, my God. it falls off fast. That's right? so horrible. But I think we're going to keep, <laughs> of course, you know, we're going to have to make sure in the show notes, they know that the Google discussion starts 30 minutes in. Right. So did I give the, we are podcast guy too much of a hard time? Maybe a little bit, a little, <laughs> but that's only, uh, that, that's what people expect from us. That, that's right. So. And I had to tease the Google guys a little bit too. So I hope they didn't yeah, get annoyed. Well, yeah. Hey, yeah. Apple. Well, I did actually raise the whole feed burner topic with them, which yeah. I was a little scared to bring up. But So, <laughs> hey, Apple, where's the Google app? <laughs> yeah, right. hey, poke Darn, you. if only we could get on the Apple guys and to come poke, on here and talk about what they're going to do on Android. Poke, poke the bear. All of a sudden, I find I'm no longer on Apple Podcasts. Damn, the new media show's gone. Right. <laughs> Delisted. <laughs> right. Oh boy. We, we love you, That's Apple. Right. Don't 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 get us wrong. Right. Right. We just want the best for the podcast community. But Google's busy. <laughs> ben and James, thank you so much for your all, all the stuff you do for us. Yeah. Right. Right. And you know, and and much kudos again is Zach or Robin. If you both are watching, you know, uh, kudos for coming on. We appreciate it, and that you trust us to be on the show. Right. I, I, I do want to say that for sure. Yep. Okay. All right. Um, pod at blueberry.com at geek news on Twitter. I'm at, uh, Rob Greenlee with two E's on Twitter. And, uh, you can send me an email if you want to reach out to uh, Rob G at lipson.com. And if you're watching on the new media show site, there's a subscribe bar on the side. Just make sure you're subscribed. I'm going to do like a YouTuber, go subscribe. Yeah, Hopefully and, I'm pointing the right and, way. And <laughs> post in the comments. Right. And let us know. We want to, we want to hear from you. And, uh, <laughs> Anyway, so thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time here on the New Media Show. Take care. Okay, bye.